Hello and welcome to our podcast channel, What Matters? Conversations Exploring Psychosynthesis in the World. This is Susan Jukes-Allen, founder of Synthesis Center San Francisco. Join us, along with our hosts, Craig Behenna and Christina Gustafson, in conversation with psychosynthesis practitioners in the fields of coaching, health and healing, business, spirituality, education, and the arts. Conversations to inform, inspire, and ignite your call of self. William, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us across so many time zones. Thank you. I'm just going to say for everybody here that the, the time zones between where Christina is in Florida, where I am in Australia, and you are in Amsterdam, it has been an effort for us to be here. Yes, so well done. You Thank you so it. much for joining us. It really is. And <laughs> when it's a pleasure to have you here. And Craig, it's great to Thank see you, you again. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we have a, we have a lot to talk about, and so I wonder if we could start. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have spoken about this before for people who are listening or watching this. But I wonder if you could start by talking to us a little bit about your background and how you know we were saying just before. How did you find psychosynthesis, and how did psychosynthesis find you? And what was your what was your journey in terms of therapy and mental health, and how you came to mm-hmm. be doing the work that you're doing now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that psychosynthesis found me instead of I found psychosynthesis. I was not searching. Um, and it found me more than, I think now more than 20 years ago. I, I, it was a very difficult time. I, I stayed in the hospital for a long time and I lost my job. I worked in the hospital. Uh, I was a nurse. Um, and I couldn't go with my job anymore because of the illness I had at the time. Um, and because of that time, after all the things what happened in my life, I, I lost so many things. Uh, and I was searching for, uh, for new... How can I say that? Uh, well, maybe I just say I was just searching and I was grown up as a, in a very religion family. And I, in that time I was almost 30. It was all, all things came together. Then I, I became ill. I had to stay in the hospital for almost a year. Uh, I had uh, a few years before that I got divorced. I had my coming out. Well, a lot of things I, I don't want to talk about all that things uh, today, but uh, you can imagine that I lost many things I was used to identify with. Right. And sure. I was searching. Uh, I lost what I was identifying with and searching for, if I lose this, if I'm not whim, I'm not married, uh, I'm not a married man, if I'm not a heterosexual man, um, what am I? So normally I think this process we go through when we are... uh, in our younger years, uh, when we are maybe 11, 12, 14, 15, 16, we discover who we are. Um, And I think I started that search when I was almost 30. So that in a way it was very difficult to do that search at a 30, uh, 30 year old man. And then uh, I was reading something about psychosynthesis. I think it was the book from Will Parfit, mm-hmm. What is Psychosynthesis? Someone offered me the book and she said, just read it. And I'm curious what you find about it. And I, 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 I can only say that I read the book and I just could feel this is 
it, it, it connected, it, it was resonating so much. I didn't really know how or why, but there was a new language. I discovered a new langu language for uh, a lot of experiences I had in hospital. Uh, because in that time, I, all, I, I was in that, uh, the first time, it, it, the, the time I was at the hospital, I also had a, what they call a an, an near-death experience. So there happened a lot of things. Uh, and I was searching for, I think, a language to understand what happened. And my old language, the religious language I was grown up with, it didn't fit. So I was, that was my search. So I didn't search for psychosynthesis. Psychosynthesis found me and gave me a language where I was able to understand what happened. Um, and I was so curious. And mm -hmm. in that time, I also started because I lost my job as a nurse and I started to, to uh, with a new study to, uh, I did social work. And in the last year before I graduated, I contacted a psychosynthesis uh, therapist in the North of Holland where I lived then. And I did some sessions with her, I think maybe six months, maybe a little bit more. And so I learned more about psychosynthesis, about more, I learned more about my own process. And then I decided I want to find out more. And then I did the, I think we call it the essentials. It was a one week course in the seminary. And uh, yeah, that was the first big experience with the psychosynthesis. Uh, community uh, and I decided I want to do it. I didn't plan to become a therapist. I, I, that, that was not my purpose. I was just, I found a way what could help me with my own search, with my own journey. And so I started that journey and in that time, 20 years ago, the psychosynthesis training is different uh, than now because then the training was about five years. The first two years were focused on your personal psychosynthesis, your personal process. Mm. And after that, you could decide to stop or just continue the psychosynthesis study, becoming a counselor, becoming a coach or a therapist. And I did it for, uh, so I did the, the, the basic course for two years and I continued with the course uh, being a, a coach, counselor, therapist. So that was a three year course. But after one year, I realized that uh, uh, so many things happened, so many things changed in me. I still was searching for stability in my identity, in my life. And I, I realized that the, the, the rest of the students, my, my colleagues, they started uh, uh, after that, that personal psychosynthesis process, they started the transpersonal process. This, in a way, I could say they started to climb the ladder. Right. Uh, and while crime, climbing the ladder, I realized this is, this is not good. And it was funny because this morning I was reading something about one of your colleagues in America, I think uh, Thomas Yeomans, mm -hmm. his book, mm -hmm. Holy Fire. And to, I was reading something about, he is writing about premature transcendence. Um, when I was reading this this morning, I thought, well, that's exactly what happened then. 
I was mm. climbing the ladder with the, the rest of the students. We were going into the, the process of the transpersonal psychosynthesis. But I realized that I had to go the other way. I had to descend mm -hmm. instead of transcend. And um, I think that's the most important thing what happened. Uh, it was a very hard choice to stop. Uh, but I think after that, uh, it was not easy, but the process, of course, the process uh, continued, but without the study of psychosynthesis. And I started to, to try to, to ground myself more in my own life, in my own body. Mm -hmm. And after a few years, I wanted to continue this study. And then I, it was in 2008, and I did the essentials again. And then I got the advice when we think, we see you're, you're longing for continuing and finish the study, but we think you still need more uh, to work through your wounds. And to be honest, I had a lot of resistance because I already had so many, so many uh, therapy. Uh, I've done so many therapy, mm -hmm. but I made an appointment with the psychosynthesis therapist who did the group therapy. That was the advice. And after two sessions, I was convinced that I should do that. And now when I, when I can see what I did, I'm, I'm so glad I did that because then I stayed there for six years. I, six years, I traveled from Amsterdam to the South uh, and every week I had a session with other uh, people in the group, psychosynthesis therapy. Mm. And it took, it took me almost, yes, I think almost six years to feel more grounded. Then I realized that I was more able to, because, well, maybe you can already uh, you already noticed that my survival strategy is in my head. It's my cognitive function. There is my control. Mm -hmm. And what psychosynthesis therapy helped me to, to be able to, to, how you say that, to, to come out of my mind and to connect more with my heart. Mm -hmm. And even that was not enough because I was still forgetting my body. Right. <laughs> so it, it took some years before I was able to also connect my body. And I think, to be honest, I'm still work, it's still work in progress because because we, of course, I talk about it and I tell you this story, but I also realize that it's work in progress. It's, it's when, when I talk about it, it's about the concepts. And since I work with clients and I work in my practice now for three years and that I realize that I can talk about concepts I can share concepts, but to ground in that concept, to feel and to connect with the thoughts, the concept with my heart, with my feelings, with my emotions, with my body, that's a whole process. Mm. And for me, that was not an easy process. I know that's for everyone, they, we, we all have our own process, but for me, it was a very difficult process. I think that when I discovered that I was a gay man, and I think I, I discovered that when I was a little boy, even, 
uh, in kindergarten in the, when I was maybe two, three years old. Um, and now I realize that I didn't only uh, cover my, my feelings about sexuality. I, right. I put away all my feelings because all my feelings, all my emotions, everything what triggered my body uh, uh, was connected by fear. So that was a long process. It was not easy to connect with the heart, with my feelings, with my body, uh, because there was a whole new discovery, not only about my sexuality, of my sexual identity. It was discovering all the feelings. Mm. Feelings, uh, for example, about how to connect. First of all, how to connect with myself, but to connect with my friends, with my family, mm -hmm. with my colleagues, students. And that is a real long process. And I remember, maybe it's funny to, to, to share this. I, I was 20 years when I started my psychosynthesis training, there was a student, he was a doctor, or he is a doctor. Well, he's now uh, with his pension now. He's retired. But then he was uh, 50 years, I think. And we were doing a training and we were doing the, I think you are familiar with the visualization about uh, psychosynthesis, the egg diagram, and then the visualization of the house. So the basement, the um, ground floor, yes. and the attic. attic. Or the terrace, right? So, yes, so we did the exercise. And when we shared our experience, uh, and we were doing some drawing, I think, and we shared the experience, and my colleague, he said to me, and it was so confronting, but he said, when you're so familiar with that cellar, uh, you're so familiar with the attic, but on the ground floor, and he meant in the real contact with each other, we don't see you. Yeah, to, to be honest, he used the words, you, didn't, you don't give a fuck about it. Something like that. I can't translate it wow. right, but I, I think you understand what he tried to say. Sure. I think that's pretty and it cool. was, <laughs> Yes, it was very, and it was very confronting sure. uh, me because yeah. uh, I saw myself as a very social uh, guy uh, I don't have any problem with talking and, 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 and making contact. Mm -hmm. But what, what he could feel and what he sensed that I was not really able to contact, to be really mm -hmm. in contact with the group because I, I, I hold Yeah, people listen, they can't see it, but I was holding myself back. Uh, so he was right. I didn't go to the ground floor to meet and to make real contact with people. That I was too afraid to do that. So it took, I think, more than 15 years in the process of leaving the Psychosynthesis Institute after three years. Uh, to learn uh, to feel mm. and to become familiar with my own feelings with and not only with the beautiful feelings of love and light mm -hmm. but also with fear anger um, And that's what I, I realized after all those years 
that the power of psychosynthesis, the quality of psychosynthesis is that we are, we should be able to hold both the, can, oh yeah, now you can see it, you hook, that we can hold both, that we can hold the light and our shadow mm -hmm. uh, and love and fear and anger. It's all in me. So that was a real process. Mm -hmm. And the can process didn't you? stop. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just wondering because it's such a fascinating story you're telling about that, you know, I, the immediate thing that I start thinking of, you're going, working in the basement and coming to the attic and coming to the ground floor. It's very vertical within you. Mm. And what you're, you're saying then is that your need was to develop a way to come out towards people, which is like the, if we were to break it down into a, a metaphor, like the vertical and the horizontal axis of yes. expression. And there's something we talked before, and there was something really interesting you talked about, about how important when you're working with clients that presence is for you now. Yes, because that's, that's really, all about really it. really super important thing. That because I think... So I'd like to hear more about that. Well, it's, it's, it's nice that you say the difference between the vertical and the horizontal, um, because I was not familiar with the horizontal level mm. and working with clients is not only but on the horizontal level mm -hmm. and I was used I used I was used to work with people when I was a nurse in the hospital and I think I was a very good nurse uh, and I used to work with people when I was a social worker and I think I was a good social worker but <laughs> the but in a way, I, I never really was able to connect mm. with people around me because I was not open. That was too, it, it was, well, I, I would not say it was dangerous, but in, there was something in me what thought it was dangerous. Mm. So it, was, it yeah. didn't feel safe enough. I really had to learn. Normally, when we are a baby uh, or a little little uh, boy, we learn how to feel safe, and we need our parents to mirror our to mirror us that we are safe. And I was a grown-up man who had to learn that it was safe to be in contact with, for example, my partner or my family or my friends and my clients. Mm. And that's still is a process of still working, being, be able to be present with myself, in myself, with myself, with my clients. Uh, and I, I told you before we started, I told you I, 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 I am doing a training now about, uh, about EMDR. Yeah. And it's a very protocol way of working. And I'm not used to it. And I have two clients now. I ask them to be my... Uh, not my real client, but to do the process with me, the, to exercise with the protocol. Right. Right. Yep. And what I realized that, um, of course, I, I want to learn the, the method. There is a brave student in me uh, who wants to do it perfect. So I do the <laughs> training and I, 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 I study the protocol and, and, and one of the last sessions, my client, and before we started, she asked me, she said, Wim, can I ask you a question? Why are you doing this training EMDR? Mm -hmm. I said, well, well, why? 
because I, I want to film my toolkit because I work with people <laughs> with trauma. Mm -hmm. Yes, but she said, I mean, why EMDR? Mm -hmm. And later I heard from her that she had experience with EMDR with a psychologist years ago and she was very disappointed and she told me there was a reason why she was looking for a therapist working in another way not in a protocol way and so that's why she was surprised and so it took a little while for me to that I to understand what she that she tried to give me a compliment uh, and oh, when, I see. And oh. when, we, when we finished the session, she said, Wim, when you decide to work with this protocol, I really hope you will find a way to do it on your own way. Right. And I think, oh, it's so wise from her. So wise from her mm. to, to, to give it back to me. Mm -hmm. uh, because she, when she came to me, uh, last year for therapy, she came for me, hmm. not for yeah. the method, right. not for, because she was curious. I think her brother, he had some experience with psychosynthesis and then she was curious and she didn't want to go to the regular psychologist anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's why she made an appointment. Uh, and now, one year later, I asked her to, to train with me the EMDA, EMDR, mm -hmm. and then she asked me this question. I said, oh, yes. <laughs> People, they, they don't wait for any method. <laughs> Something from me. And that's what I, I, I think I already told it. That's what I really like, like about psychosynthesis. That's, it's not about a method. It's about... You mentioned the word before. It's about presence. Right. It's about me and the client. It's about what happens between me and you. Mm -hmm. And that's, for me, that was a very long life process of to learn to be present with myself and with the people around me. That was not easy. Mm. I still learn. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's interesting. We, we interviewed Tom Yeomans for the, for the podcast a oh. few weeks ago, and we talked about Holy Fire because he, he spent oh. some time with Asajoli in Italy. Yes. And he really, really emphasizes some, exactly some of the things that you're saying, as he was saying that yeah. um, Asajoli's methods were presence above everything else when you were with him. That was his practice. That was the point that he had got to with his practice anyway, yes. because he was so far along the line of having worked through so much and having done so yes. much in his life. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I really heard, bears out. I heard, uh, uh, I think uh, a few months ago, I was watching on YouTube uh, interview with him. I don't know exactly with who, but uh, I, I and he was talking, she was interviewing him about the book, Holy Fire. Mm -hmm. And I saw the, I, I was listening to the interview and I said, oh, I, I have to read his experience with psychosynthesis. And I, I read something, I, I, I told you what I read this morning uh, about his experience, about how psychosynthesis, because there, there is, I don't want to say it's a danger, but Psychosynthesis, we need, for me, it's so important that we need both light and the dark mm -hmm. and our shadow. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and that's for a lot of people, it's not easy to hold it both because it's mm. nice. It's, it's, it feels good to hold the light. It's really pretty. It, the love yes, and, the light. and it's it's yeah. it's easier to talk about the light, definitely, and about a beautiful concept about psychosynthesis, transpersonal, yeah. and mm -hmm. 
but it's also about the connect. It, it's the it's the uh, to feel connected with all. It's my head. It's my heart. It's my belly. It's my body. Right. It's it's the. I think Furman he calls it the I self. Uh, that's all, what I. That's what I, I. I still remember from reading his books is the vertical. Um, how you say it? The vertical. Um, oh, the like the the travel almost, or the connection between the eyes. Yeah, it's the, the vertical eyes, connection. Right. Um, and alignment. It's the I, of course. That's why I was searching for the word right. alignment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The eye self. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And truly, I mean, we really, as human beings on this planet, we are embodied. This is our, our instrument. Yes, and, and with, with my clients, I, I don't talk uh, directly about our transpersonal self or our higher self. When I talk with clients, when we do some exercises, I talk about the alignment with our head, our brain, our head, and our heart, our autonomic uh, nervous system. Mm. All, everything, all is connected. And when, and I, I learned this from Didi. <laughs> uh, the, and it's it's a symbol for me for that alignment. And when I do this with my clients, I think they know now when I do this, they know what I mean. Right. That, that our body is connected with our feelings and emotions and our head. Sure. I have a lot of clients. Uh, I think because uh, it, 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 it resonates with me that I meet a lot of clients who are in a survival state, in a survival mode, using our head, their head to control. Mm -hmm. A lot of clients, I have a lot of clients who do that. And so, and when mostly when we start with the counseling or the therapy, it starts very well because we're so connected <laughs> on this level. And then always I, I, I really have to be conscious every session again to be conscious about that I need first of course I and I, I hope it, uh, my clients they will manage too but first I have to connect I have to be in alignment with my with how I feel that day or just my, my, my body sometimes I'm tired and and, and yeah yeah, it's so, incredibly important, especially when you're working with clients on, I would, you know, their their life issues and their life concerns for us to be able to be as present and open yes. and grounded as possible to hold a healthy space. Yeah, I think it's the most 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 important thing of working with clients is to be able to be present. Absolutely. That's the most important thing we should able, be able to do that. Right. To really be present. Yeah. And clients, they feel it. They feel it when you're present. They feel when you're in the same room, mm -hmm. on the same yes. level, <laughs> when you resonate. Right. And they also feel, and I can feel it too, because I, I think... Because of my own wounding, I would say, mm -hmm. I am a very sensitive man. Um, uh, when I, I remember when I started 20 years ago, the training in psychosynthesis, one of the trainers, she said, uh, or she, was she, she said, psychosynthesis therapists, they work from their wounds. And I think it's... Wow. A, it, one of the books I really like is The Primal Wound from Furman. And I think maybe you mm -hmm. know Carol Amis? 
Yes, yes. she's great. Well, she, she talks a lot about woundology. It's also very close to what Furman, I think, uh, means by primal wounding. Mm -hmm. I think because of my primal, primal wounding, because of my woundology, my wounds, I became very sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, I think, for a lot of therapists who are wounded, I think there yeah. were a lot of therapists, they are wounded. Mm -hmm. And... And so that's a quality we can use in our work. Do you find out of curiosity, because I, you know, I've pondered this a lot and I've got the primal wound sitting on my bedside at the moment, actually. So that's, this is mm. good timing. Do you find, I've been wondering is about whether the, because there is the archetype of the wounded healer and whether the, the wound helps you to identify what you value as well as your sensitivity about how, what you value and what you want to bring to your work and how you want to do that? Yes, I think it's, it's, it's all about my own wounding, what motivates me. Mm -hmm. And not all, of course, not, a lot, not only the wounding, but of course also the healing. Yes, exactly. Because they're not separate, really, are they, in that sense? No, 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 no. And, and it, it's also both wounding and healing. Mm. Um, but when, when I graduated in 2016, I think it was 2016, or it was I first had my counselor degree, and then uh, uh, one year later, I had my degree as a therapist. But I think it was when I graduated as a counselor, I, I had my, my uh, I had to write a paper. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing some research. Uh, and of course I read the work from, from, from Furman and Gila. Mm -hmm. But I was also reading the work from Franz Rupert. He is a mm -hmm. trauma psychologist psychotherapist in Germany and and he specialized in working with trauma. Uh, he has a method called the IOPT, Identity Orientated Psychotrauma Therapy and Theory. Okay. So he, he, in all those years, he uh, not only um, um, was doing the, the method, the, the, the therapy, but also the, t the theory. So I discovered his, his, his work, his books about working with trauma and what he uh, searched. He did a lot of research. Mm -hmm. And when I, I was diving into that trauma work and, and I wanted to, I could feel that this is what I, want to do in my work. And I already mm. could feel that when I was reading the work of Furman. Uh, and I tried to find um, other modalities who could offer me more theoretical background for trauma work. Mm -hmm. So I, I lost the I think one year and a half, I stopped last year, but one year and a half, I did a lot of training about the trauma work from Franz Rupert. And I did training with Vivian Broughton in London. And, but what I told you about my experience with EMDR, I had the same experience with the trauma constellation of uh, the trauma work from Franz Rupert mm -hmm. because it's a constellation method. Um, and I, I realized the same, that I was so focusing on the method right. mm. and I lost contact. I was not really able to be present with myself mm. and with my client. And I... I could feel that my clients, they noticed the same. Mm 
They 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 didn't tell me, but I, I could feel it. I lost I lost contact. So I decided to stop the training uh, or not to continue the training. Uh, I still work um, with the method. Uh, it's a constellation method where we work with different parts. Um, and it's very helpful and very powerful. But like what I tell you about EMDR, I even the trauma work from Franz Rupert, I really need and I want to connect it with psychosynthesis. Mm. Uh, because otherwise I'm so focused on the method. Uh, and that's not why that's not the way I, I want to work. Well, that pulls you away from presence, doesn't it? When yes. you're so focused on the method, it pulls yes. you away from presence within yourself and then presence with your client. And it's really in the presence where the magic starts to happen. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I, I have some experience as a psychosynthesis coach, but as a body worker and having done that for many years now, mm-hmm. I completely relate to this idea of being attached to the method. And, and really have found with my clients that the magic does happen. You know, when I let go of, exactly. you know, now we're going to work on this and we're going to do this and, yeah. and yeah. really respond yeah. to the, yeah. respond to the person, right. And, and what's yeah. present there for them. And yes. It's not always a formula. Yeah. It's funny because I remember now one of the other sessions with the clients I worked two weeks ago, uh, also with EMDR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, uh, because I am also in a different setting. Normally I don't work on a, with a table. Uh, um, okay. But now I sit in front of a table, not in front, I sit next to a table so I can write. Mm-hmm. So I have my, my protocols <laughs> are on the table. Mm-hmm. So it's very different from my normal sessions, but I, I want to mm-hmm. learn. It's the, it's the brave student in me. Mm-hmm. And so I had the protocols and I was, I was mm-hmm. reading the protocol and, 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 and very serious. And then suddenly I saw what I was writing down, down a few minutes before, because the theme we should work on with the client was trust, self-trust, trust. Mm-hmm. Oh. And suddenly I realized what I was doing. <laughs> and I I could feel that I lost all contact. I was so focused on doing my best, very serious, doing the protocol. Mm. And then I looked to my client and I, I said, can I share something with you? Because it's so funny. Because I, I wrote down, because that's the protocol that you write in, in, the, in the protocol what, where you work on. Mm-hmm. And I see here trust. And I see what I'm doing. I don't trust myself. I need the protocol. And then she started to laugh. And then she said, shall we, uh, um, I don't know how to translate it. Um, Well, I told you, I, I'm the brave boy. Shall I be the naughty boy? And I just turned out, I, tur- I, I put oh, away well. the protocols <laughs> and I looked at her and said, shall we trust? Yeah. And from that moment, there was this energy of what we talked about being present. Mm. And I was, of course, I knew what I had to do I didn't trust myself and I was working with one of my clients with the theme about trust, self-trust. So, well, you caught yourself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's a fantastic story. I love it. it. Yes. And, and, and then I'm so happy that I was able to that I of that I'm happy that I, I have these clients who give me this opportunity to laugh and to learn and to work all all, yeah. all in one session. We can be very serious and we can cry and we can laugh. Mm-hmm. 
mm. and just trust ourselves. And I can trust and the process of the client. Yeah. yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually, that trusting the process of the client, because so often I think, and I think it's it goes across lots of methods, not just the, any of the ones that we've talked about, but mm. that the, you end up trusting, trusting the method, but because it goes across methods, it's like you're trusting the, your, your position as the therapist, which is not actually the dynamic that you're talking about at all. You're talking about, yes, you're sitting in the therapist's chair because that's why people have come to see you. They've come to see you. Yes. And, but as and, soon as you hold that therapist position, there becomes a problem. Yes. And I think when we, when we really believe in, for example, the process of resonating mm. in the work with the constellation method, the trauma constellation from Prince Rupert, we, talk a lot, a lot about resonance. I think in the Primal Wound, Furman and Sheila, they talk about resonance too. And then I think when we really believe in resonance, then my client is able to feel that I don't trust. Mm. Even, even if I don't mm -hmm. say it, even if I, but because our, our, our systems they, they, they are connected. They resonate. Yeah. It's not my, of course, my brain too, but, but it's not my, my thought. Mm -hmm. It's my whole being present, what resonates with my client. And when I don't mm. trust myself, when, I, when I'm, I'm not here, my client can feel that. Yeah. 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 And the other way around, when my client is not present, I can sure. feel it too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's mm. not always easy to to be honest to myself and to my clients that we are able to tell each other. I remember one of my first sessions with my supervisor years ago. I think it was one of the first sessions and, and she was very honest with me, almost too honest, <laughs> that, she said, that she said, I don't feel connected. What? what? <laughs> I just arrived. <laughs> but all, all, almost too honest, but, but uh, she was able, she was not afraid to tell me, I don't feel connected. Where are you? Mm. And I, I knew psychosynthesis long enough to stay, but uh, yeah. What's the easiest method for you to connect? Like when, when you notice? Mm -hmm. what, what do you mean by that question? What's the easiest well, way to connect? I mean, for you, back into presence. You know, because it's really easy to get drawn out. It's easy to get drawn out into thought. It's easy to get drawn out into identity. It's easy. I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself. But oh, it, I, you're, my you're first, really not. No. My, no? My, 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 my first impression when you ask this is uh, to breathe. Yeah. Hmm. To breathe. Mm -hmm. Because when we started today, I, I think I told you, I decided not to be nervous. Because when I think about it, I say, should I prepare? Should I talk about this? Should I talk about that? And I learn more and more, like I did with the client, just put it away, the protocol, <laughs> and be here and just breathe. And just see where I am now with who I'm talking. And I don't know what happens. Mm. but I see what happened and there's really an it's element of surrender I think mm. yeah surrendering so is, to the is that an answer on your uh, yeah <laughs> is that absolutely. An answer to your question sure that's a simple one mm. I think I think most of us can just breathe 
<laughs> to bring ourselves back into that moment. Yes, and it's it's so simple, but that's that's really what my, what helps me. Right. To to focus, even if it's one second, to focus to my breath, so that I realize, oh yeah, I'm here. This is my body. Yeah. Mm. It is good to breathe. <laughs> it's <Yes>. quite helpful. <laughs> yes. And you know, I think um, I also wonder about this element of a. a of awareness and of self-awareness. You know, I'm mm. in an interesting place today in the panhandle of Florida <laughs> at the tail end of spring break, which is probably pretty bold and maybe a little dumb that I find myself <laughs> here. <laughs> mm. But I, I, you know, I've been kind of observing the people around me and I and I wonder about this element of self-awareness you know are are we all as human beings kind of developing this are we all on this this journey of kind of learning or mm -hmm. re remembering our capacity for self-awareness where are we at with that humanity it's a big question I think it's a very big question yeah. for me yeah, that, that I play with in my mind quite a lot, mm. and really, it's it's tied to it's tied to for me where we're going, uh, where humanity is going, mm -hmm. which is maybe not so present, maybe a little bit heady, but for me, that's one of the, the important things I see in psychosynthesis. And maybe you might want to talk. I I'd like to ask you. Um, if you have any thoughts on that as to how psychosynthesis can contribute to sort of this, again, it's a big idea, but the evolution of humanity and then maybe bringing it down to the individual, right? Mm -hmm. How does psychosynthesis contribute to our growth? Well, my, my first intuitive answer to your question is to see what happens now. I'm here in Amsterdam, Australia, States. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't imagine that a few years ago that I would do this. And uh, for me, I, it, because it's not my native language. Uh, I told you, I, I, I don't have an academic degree, so I, I didn't go to college to study English, uh, but I manage. I mean, uh, with a little bit of trust, uh, I manage and, and see how we are able to connect in this last year where so many things happened. Uh, one of the things I learned um, and I experienced is to feel connected to, maybe it's too big to say, but connected to humanity, maybe that's too big, but to other people, mm -hmm. to a community what's bigger than my family, than my friends, than my surroundings here in Amsterdam, than Holland. It started last year when I did a training with Vivian Broughton in London. First, I should travel there for one week to do the training. But then we had this COVID uh, uh, time in February. So she canceled and happily she offered the whole training online. And first I had a little bit of resistance. I said, well, I, I, I'm not sure if I it can do that, can handle it. It's, but I did. And then I was in the training course and I was in, in, in Zoom, in breakout rooms. I was working with a woman from Dubai and a woman from, from uh, I think she was from Indonesia. I said, it, it, it was such an experience about feeling connected. 
And since that time, uh, I think two years ago, I had my first summer school with psychosynthesis mm -hmm. colleagues from Europe. It was uh, in a conference center uh, with a few hundred people. Uh, was my first experience. It was a very great experience to meet people around uh, Europe and, and feel that connection with psychosynthesis colleagues. But after that, they started to do it on Zoom to connect. Almost every six weeks, we had a meeting on Zoom from the EFPP uh, in, in, in uh, America. You, you have the, I'm also a member of the AAP, but here in Europe, we have the EFPP. So that was so great to feel connected in a time where it's not easy to connect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I answer your question about uh, um, feeling connected to a, a larger awareness, not only awareness of myself. Uh, and to be honest, I think I was a little bit late to expand my awareness because I was so busy with myself and with my own process. Sure. Uh, it's, it's almost, no, not almost, it, it's a surviving strategy, a surviving mode to be so focused with my own process. Right. And last few years, but especially now in this last year, where it's so much easier to connect with people, mm -hmm. doesn't matter where we are. So I have a few clients where I work online. Uh, and I'm, I'm very, of course, I'm very happy that I'm still able to work now in my practice uh, uh, and see people live. But I really learned that we can use this uh, digital devices to expand this awareness mm -hmm. that we are a global community. Without a doubt. Yes. And even if we don't use the device, even if we are not directly connected, um, in a way we are, we are connected. Absolutely. And this is a very visible experiential um, opportunity to demonstrate that. Yes. Absolutely. Thank yes. you, Wim. Yeah, you did. You yeah. actually answered two of my questions. One that I didn't even ask. One of my favorite <laughs> questions right now is, is uh, what have you, what has this past year taught you? And Sorry, what, what, what has this past year of COVID oh, ta yeah. ta taught us? And I mean, I think that that answer would be different for every person. Um, but I, I'm, there's an importance in recognizing, I mean, this has been very difficult. Mm -hmm. for many people and we've had to let yes. go of a lot and there have also been blessings and gifts and realizations yeah so you answered that question without even asking with my not even asking so thank you for that yeah this and power I, of connection last year i i received some some email from <clears throat> one or two clients they wrote me an email when i asked uh, and to stay in contact with them because we didn't, not everyone wants to work online. And one of the clients, it made, it, it, it made an impression on me that she, <clears throat> she wrote in her email and she said, Wim, uh, I don't have to get used to this. I used to this lockdown. I'm in a lockdown for more than 20 25 years. So, yeah. And so I, I, and there are so many people 
uh, of course, we, we lost a lot um, to contact and to, to go out and to do this and to do that. But I also realized there are so many people, they are used to a certain lockdown. They are so familiar with being alone, not able to connect. Yeah. Yeah. It was a strange realization, wasn't it? Seeing people like that making those comments over the last year saying, yeah, this is, this has been our reality for some time. And so there is that, that connection that we can make. Yes. And, and, and I recognize it for, in a way, because I, I had a, a um, I think I had a lockdown time in my year, in my, in my life too. Um, especially the time when I stopped my psychosynthesis study the first time. So it was almost 20 years ago. No, it's more than 20 years ago. I stopped, I started in 1998 and I stopped in 2000. And that time till 2015, I think, no, 2008, when I started my psychosynthesis uh, group therapy, that time in, in between, I now I'm very privileged that I have a good insurance uh, for my income uh, beside my practice work. But that time, I didn't. So I, I, I had to sell my house. I, 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 it was a very, I, I don't want to go in detail, but it was a very difficult time. And I, I hadn't, I didn't had a partner at that time in this, in those years. So it felt for me as a personal lockdown, because when you lose your house, you lose your, your income, uh, you lose so many things, you're not able to, to have a, not yet what's normal, but normal social life. Uh, and I feel I felt in a way I felt ashamed for that. So I, I, I. There was a time, uh, and now I have clients who experience the same situation. Clients who say, "I don't go out. I come. I don't go out of the house for for uh, for during the day." Some people, they stay in bed. I was so lucky that I, I, never, I never get lost in abuse of addiction or that kind of things, alcohol or drugs. I'm so happy that I was strong enough to handle it. But I can see now and that I, I work with clients who still experience that darkness, personal lockdown, even when the lockdown is over in a few weeks or a few months when we have our vaccine. There are a lot of people. They don't go out from their lockdown. Mm -hmm. There is no vaccine for this wounding, this, this deep, uh, yes, this deep wounding. Well, the only way so out there, is through, right? Yes, and there's, so there's a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And, and I don't mean a lot of work to do because I'm used to do it. I was trained as a nurse, <laughs> right? so I can do this. <laughs> to do to be there and 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 to recognize and to recognize their personal lockdown yeah that it's not easy and then it doesn't help that i start to talk about the light <laughs> see how yeah. wonderful our psychosynthesis is the transpersonal we have to go to the light 
Of course, it's, it, I, I, don't, I don't mean that it's not important, but for there are, is a group of people who, for them, it's very hard to get connected. They are not connected with their own light. So then I feel that that's also what I like of, of the work of, of, of Furman and Gila, how they talk about being an external unifying center right. is that, oh, so are you still here? Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things what makes our work different from other modalities mm -hmm. is the, the uh, of course, that's again, that's also a concept of a unifying, external unifying center. Mm -hmm. But to be that concept, to connect and to be, again, to be present with that concept of feel connected with my own light. I experienced my own darkness, also my own light. And when I can connect, when I'm able to feel connected to both, to my own experience with my personal lockdown and my own experience with my light, and when I can be able to be present with that, I think that's what they mean by being the external unifying center that mirror that trust and that light for clients who are not able yet to connect with it. I don't have to bring it. I don't have to give it. Mm -hmm. I can't. We can't. Because it's already there. We believe in that, and I believe in that. It's already there. For each of us, yeah. For each of us, yes. And that's also something what I learned from my own history, my own wounding, and my own experiences with light. Mm -hmm. mm. That it's there. Even like today, it's it's clouded. We don't see the sun, but it's there. That feels to me like a perfect place to finish. I think we got to a great place. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. It really was My a pleasure. pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for taking the time. This podcast is brought to you by Synthesis Center San Francisco in collaboration with the Synthesis Center Amherst, Massachusetts, we offer professional development and personal growth through psychosynthesis. For more information about our board-certified coach training program, workshops for personal and professional growth, as well as how to work with one of our psychosynthesis-trained coaches, visit us at synthesiscentersf.com. Awaken your purpose. Create your life.